what's that saying when what that rappers use when your idols become your rivals? One of the game's most legendary coaches and best coach Chicago's ever had for sure. Two back to back, not back to back, but two three peats. Um, coach Phil Jackson, man, recently made some comments about not watching basketball since the bubble. And his reasoning was a little bit, was, wasn't a little bit, it was a lot of bit. Uh, it was very questionable. Uh, I'm going to read the quote. He said, they even had slogans on the floor and the baseline. It was trying to bring a certain audience to the game. And they didn't know it was turning the, the other. It, they didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. Now, we all know uh, the bubble basketball during the bubble was at the height of uh, Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement, with players wearing slogans uh, on their backs, such as justice, equality, and uh, the NBA showing support to the cause because of everything that was happening in the world uh, around that particular time, George Floyd being murdered and so on and so forth. And (laughs) Phil Jackson to come out and say that people want to see sports as non-political, first and foremost, there's nothing political about the saying or the slogan black lives matter. There's nothing um, political about the league wanting to show equality within the world or justice being served in the right way. Uh, It's not a political, political move, or I don't think it was done to bring a political audience, nor do I think, uh, it was depicted as a political stance. Phil Jackson, you're out of pocket, my brother. I got three words for you. Only because I don't want to use two. Because this is somewhat of a family show sometimes. So I don't want to use those two words. But the three words that I got for you is kiss my ass. Off the bench is back. Because we off the bench. We off the bench, OTB back, we gon' do it again Jerseys and Raptors still high off the wind I'm still shooting from places that I never been off the bench Cause we off the bench, OTB back, we gon' do it again Jerseys and Raptors still high off the wind I'm still shooting from places that I never yo, been off the bench Yo, 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 what's cracking? It's your dog, D-Lou, D-Lou You can separate them, put them together, have you want uh, but we back. It's off the bench. Episode 42. Man down. Uh, man, this has been recorded. This is being recorded on Sunday. Um, I was going to say July. I'm tripping. April 23rd. Um, man, I, during the first half of basketball for today, uh, the Knicks and the Cavs have already played. Uh, forgive me because I am high off adrenaline because the Warriors just squeaked out an ugly win against the Kings. Uh, and that just did not, uh, it wasn't supposed, it didn't have to be like that. Uh, but nonetheless, they got a W. So uh, I will incorporate these two games that I just watched today into my series of thoughts um, towards the end. Well, and, and, you know, when I get to it. But, man, 
playoff basketball has been up and down. The entertainment level has been up and down uh, throughout the first round so far. I wanted to wait until everybody got about three games underneath their belt, three or four games underneath their belt, uh, which I think, you know, did a pretty good job of. So um, tonight, Boston and Atlanta will play, and then Denver and Minnesota will play the late game tonight. Uh, but it's been um, it's been a lot of things going on, a lot of headlines, and man, let's just get to it. So we'll talk about the award winners that have been announced thus far. I gave my predictions a couple episodes back of who was going to win the season awards, and so far I've been dead on for the most part. No, not for the most part. I've literally been dead on, so I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but we got Mike Brown being um, the first unanimous winner when it comes to coach of the year. Um, got all first place votes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, his number one guy uh, and best player on the Kings on the squad, they go to uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, first player ever to win the Clutch Player Award. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., um, defensive player of the year, second youngest player to receive the award. And then Malcolm Brogdon has won the sixth man. Uh, I want to – I'll talk about the Kings as we go on the back half of the show. But, man, shout out to Mike Brown, man. Uh, black excellence. I love to see it. Uh, black coaches aren't praised enough in sports in general. Uh, the NBA does a good job of – you know, hiring and highlighting and giving opportunity to black coaches. Uh, the NFL, not so much, but this is a product of somebody that has busted their ass since day one. And a lot of people tend to, tend to discredit uh, Mike Brown, I think, sometimes because he has coached LeBron, he has coached Kobe, um, but he is showing that he is a tremendous coach. Um, he just was assistant coach for the last six years with the Golden State Warriors. And if it's one thing that he's showing, man, he's showing that he has all the tools to be one hell of a coach in this league and deserves to be um, a coach in this league. And winning coach of the year is a huge honor, man. And I don't think it should have went to anyone else. Um, you got uh, OKC's coach, which I forgot his name already off the top of my head, and then Joe Mazzulla in Boston. Um that went with Bud and Milwaukee too because Milwaukee is definitely you know been hooping this year but I think Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings they uh he deserve coaching the Sacramento Kings I think he definitely deserved this award uh nobody could have expected for the Kings drought to end underneath his reign but also for them to be the second seed going into the playoffs I myself said at the beginning of the season like mm, they had a chance to make the play in maybe I think we all knew they would be better with Mike Brown and putting some type of defensive presence um, on the team and jolting that defensive mindset. Uh, we never could have predicted that their offense would be this good. Eighth in, I think, three-point shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, their defense is still coming along, but, man, these boys play ball, and they execute well. They listen to Mike Brown. He is everything that – Sacramento needed and to end the 16, 17 year playoff drought shows. So shout out to Mike Brown, man. I, I can't say enough. And uh, man, that's just a product of busting your ass in this league and 
uh, finally showing, you know, giving opportunity, showing people what you could really do. So uh, shout out to him. And also shout out to the Kings, too, for putting talent around him that fits his system and fits um, the pieces that he has within his system. All of that fits. So, uh, man, huge shout out to Mike Brown. And shout out to De'Aaron Fox, too, who, like I said, I'll talk about later. But fourth quarter, he's the man. It's on. Uh, I think DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler were the other two finalists. But De'Aaron blew them away when it came to clutch points in the fourth quarter. And his team had the better record in in those clutch moments as well, those clutch games. So, man – Darren Fox, shout out to him. And as much as I don't like the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been a stud all year on defense. So, you know, second youngest player to do that. He's a monster on defense. And, you know, there's, people can talk about him fouling too much and getting into foul trouble. But part of that comes from taking chances on the defensive end, taking the tough defensive assignments, uh, guarding the best big, sometimes the best perimeter player as well, uh, going after those steals, going after those block shots, and being able to be a disruptor for other teams' offense. So when you take those chances, sometimes, you know, fouls will get called against you, and uh, that's just uh, a sacrifice that you have to make on defense sometimes. But, you know, I give him kudos because he never shies away from the challenge. He is always willing to uh, be out there and take that risk and, you know, be the best defensive player on the floor uh, when it's necessary. So, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and also named an all-star this year. So, you can't – you got to give him some kudos, man. You got to. And Malcolm Brogdon, we all know what Malcolm Brogdon uh, has brought to the Celtics. And we said this from the very beginning – that was a great pickup and definitely some firepower off their bench, which is what they need. Uh, so, man, uh, shout out to all those guys. Hopefully, you know, I'm not hopefully, but I know some awards are getting announced sometime soon. We're all waiting to see what this MVP race is going to look like and if Joel Embiid is going to uh, win it this year. Uh, but time will tell. Time will tell. Uh Speaking of time and it telling, uh, Nick Nurse, um, there were there were plenty of rumors about Nick Nurse and his future with the Raptors going forward after this year, uh, and we heard that early on within the season. Uh, but uh, as of a couple of days ago, maybe it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, uh, Nick Nurse was fired by the Raptors. Um, it was it's kind of crazy to me because I think Toronto's last two coaches, because Dwayne Casey was the coach before that, before Nick Nurse, and uh, both the both of those guys have one coach of the year and were fired by the Raptors. So that's a little crazy to me. Um, but the rumors about the Raptors' offseason um, is already starting to rumble with reports that Ime Udoka is the prime target for the Raptors when it comes to coaching. Uh, also, Ime was named a target for the Rockets, who got rid of Steven Silas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then also it was said that everybody on the Raptors is on the table. Nobody is untradeable except for Scotty Barnes. Uh, so that means Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, I think, is going to go into free agency. They might try to sign and trade him. Uh, who else is on the team? Uh, Precious Achua, 
Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, uh, all those guys are on the block, and any one of them could be traded. So it looks like Toronto uh, and the North is prime and ready to do some business this offseason, which could uh, bode well for some of these teams that have needs in those areas. Toronto has great players. They have great guys that are plug-and-play guys, good defensive guys, long athletic guys as well, um, guys that could put the ball in the basket. So we'll see what the summer looks like uh, regarding the Raptors' future. But, um, man, it's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, I think Masai Ujiri, the GM or the GM for the Raptors, he uh, did a press conference and he was saying how on Nick Nurse's way out, he was very like, you know, like, hey, like, rah-rah about those guys and blah, blah, blah. And he told him, like, good luck with those guys. And he kind of said, like, man, that just shows Nick's heart and so on and so forth. And I was like, to me, that sounded like good luck with those guys. Like, they ass, Like, you know, so uh, let's see what that looks like, man. We will see what that looks like um, going forward and how it looks like for the Raptors over the summer. I think, man, it was it's crazy because now that I think about it, before the season started, like, everybody had the Raptors in the top six and to make the playoffs. And they were like, man, the Raptors, like, you know, they're long, they're athletic, they got Siakam, they got Fred Van Vliet, and OG Ananobi, and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, man, I don't see it. I don't see it. If you go back and you you hear uh, me and the boys, you hear us talk about, like, you know, our our – predictions of who could be in the playoffs and top teams coming out of the East. And, you know, we were talking about how the media was praising the Raptors. And I literally told them like, y'all sure? Like, I, don't, I just don't see it. Like, I don't see it. Like they got to show me. Uh, I, ha- I hold the Raptors in that bucket with like the Bulls and uh, Washington and Atlanta, dude. It's like, just like you're stuck in the middle. What are you doing? Like you're not getting over the hump. Like we're just playing good decent basketball at times and shitty basketball at other times and but you're you're mediocre you know uh so it's good that they got rid of i don't i don't want to say it's good that they got rid of him because i don't want anybody to get fired but um it's good to shake things up so that's where the raptors are and you know we'll see how it looks going forward um so we i haven't got a chance to talk about this because i You know, here on OTB, we like to let things simmer a little bit. Um, And game, what, three and four have already been played. Yeah, games three and four have already been played as of today. Uh, But in game two of the Warriors versus the Kings series, we saw a very very physical game. Lots of bumping, pushing, shoving, um, even to the point where they asked Loon, like, man, like, you know, you and Sabon is getting down and gritty, like, because there's some things about Sabonis being a dirty player or, like, using the ball, like, to, you know, get his way or whatever. And Loon was like, man, that's just part of the game. Like, that's what big men do, like, down there. Like, you know, it, it's it's a battle, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it was very physical in game two, uh, very notably physical, if you just, as a fan, watching on the screen. Uh, but we had one particular play where Sabonis went down and – you know, we all know, like, he grabbed Dre's ankle, and Dre, you know, basically A-Town stumped him. <laughs> and it was a lot of, like, 
footage on Twitter going back in slow-mo showing like Sabonis when he was hitting the ground and how he was trying to pull on Clay's jersey to take him down with him and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, what we saw was him grab Dre's ankle, Dre bring up his foot, um, and stumped on his sternum. Like, it wasn't – I think Dame had put up a tweet like, man, I think – I don't know if Dre was trying to step on him. Like, it kind of his momentum took him that way. Listen, maybe in fast motion, but in slow motion – that nigga stepped on him. I ain't trying to hit nothing that he talked about. And he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. Like, yo, get off me. I'm stepping on you. Like, <laughs> Get off me. Like, you know, I almost felt like some little John should have been playing in the background, you know. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, Draymond got a flagrant two, got kicked out of the game. It was a tech for Savonis. Um, and we thought that's where it would end. Uh, nobody was thinking that Dre was going to get suspended. Literally nobody. Probably the only people that was thinking he should get suspended was the Kings um, or everybody that worked at the Kings organization. But uh, next day, report came out. Dre was suspended. Uh, Ramona Shelburne was actually on ESPN, and she was saying how usually, like, in these particular cases, like, you would hear that, well, Adam Silver or Joe Dumars would talk to the player first, um, but they didn't talk to Draymond until after they suspended him. Uh, apparently, it was all up to Draymond, um, Joe Dumars, and him just citing Draymond's history basically is the reason why he got suspended. Um, I personally think he got suspended because of his, I won't say antics, because this, this is Draymond we talk about here. He get the crowd going like, the crowd screaming F you, the crowd flipping the bird. He going back and forth with the big white dude in the crowd, uh, yelling and screaming at him, clapping his hands, telling him, yeah. Uh, I think that lack of remorse that the league saw after the stomp and after the play was what really got Draymond suspended, which I don't think is right. Um, if we really go back to, like, flagrant fouls and technicals, like, Draymond hasn't really in the playoffs and been since, like, 2016 since he got flagrant in uh, in the playoffs. But we citing history and all of that stuff. And I just watched Dylan Brooks almost look like it was blatantly hit LeBron in the nuts last night. And there's no suspension there. And I'll talk about his cornball ass a little later. But um, listen, the flagrant two and the, the ejection from the game, cool. Bet. The suspension, one could argue that back and forth. Sabonis wasn't hurt. I could see if he, like, cracked his ribs and, like, broke his sternum and his rib cage or something, dog. Like, but come on, man. Like, I think the what rubs me the wrong way is that, and this is something that people will always say just in life, not only in sports, but – People will always pay more attention to the reaction um, as opposed to what kickstarted it. You Sabonis don't grab Dre's ankle, there's no stomp. It's just that simple. And that's why I don't think the suspension was warranted. Um, should I, am I, was I rooting for Sabonis to be suspended? No, like he grabbed his ankle. But it's like if you don't do that, then that stomp doesn't happen. And then Sabonis goes and says there's no place – for like dirty play like that in our game. Like, come on, dog. You grabbed my man's ankle. Had you not done that, 
there would not be an issue. So, uh, and I also think the the refs over exaggerate things sometimes, and I think the league over exaggerates things sometimes. And I am a big proponent. I've said this before. I think the world that we live in today, like. We pay a lot of attention to like social media and like what other people are saying, what fans are saying and like how people react so much that you're worried about backlash or hearing things from like what you, if you don't do something versus if you do something or if it's right versus if it's wrong or blah, 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 blah. Like I think the league overreacted. I think the refs overreacted within that. I think the refs overreact a lot like in – and probably to shit that they don't even need to overreact to, like you giving people technical fouls for showing emotion, like, but you don't give technical, like, but you don't find the league doesn't find or give technicals for Joel and B consistently flopping, which I'll talk about in the next segment. But like, come on, man, like we we got to do better. Like, I just think it it waters down the game a little bit. And this is the playoffs, man. This is the playoffs. This is intensity. I don't want to see fucking technical fouls. Every five minutes, I don't want to. I want. I want to see them rough it up a little bit, dog. I don't want to see players complaining and shit. Like, I don't want to see none of that. It's the playoffs. Like, we down in the gritty. Like, you know what I'm saying? Teams was putting up 130, 140, 150 points in the regular season. We're in the playoffs. We just saw the Knicks get held in game. What was that? Three, um, of the series, they got held to fucking 79 points like it's it's we're in the mud right now dog like this we're in the mud like let let them play a little bit let them play a little bit let them be physical like we this is what we want to see this is why people watch the playoffs this is why people you know tend to not watch regular season games sometimes and it's like man i'll just wait to the playoffs when shit is exciting like that's why people watch like so let them play, like you know. Um, Steve Kerr said something that stood out to me a little bit. He said that we don't win any championships without Dre, and basically saying like the championships that we have won have been because of him. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. You need that type of leader on the team. You need that type of person on the team to lead the charge. Uh, but I am going to say this, and this is coming from a Warriors fan. I am the resident Warriors fan here off the bench. We all know that. I'm the resident Warriors fan. I don't think Draymond will be back next season. And I, I'm i not saying that because I don't want him back. Am I a little tired of the bullshit? Yes. But I think the league is like – and the media has depicted, like, the way Draymond is, like, and heightened it up a little bit. And I think Draymond puts that target on his back by having the pod and all that shit. Um, shout out to Draymond, too, for the pod. Like, the chef's kiss. Uh, fire pod. Um, actually, I think he got nominated for something as well. But when it comes to just Draymond and, like, how he plays and his antics and stuff, you, you, you have a target on your back. It's kind of like Dennis Rodman, man. Like, you got, a tar you got a target on your back. Like, so it's everything that you do will get blown out of proportion sometimes. Uh, but after this year, punching Jordan Poole, this shit was Sabonis, back and forth with the refs, back and forth with Memphis, talking shit about people on the pod. 
I don't I don't see Draymond coming back, man. It's way it's I don't know if it's worth the headache. I don't know if it's worth the headache. Um, Bob Myers not having his contract extension as the GM extended as the GM. I think he's saying something. Maybe Joe don't want to spend that bread. Um, and I'll talk about Clay a little bit uh, after the break. But maybe Joe don't want to spend that bread. Maybe he like, man, I think he's got a close eye on, like, on the Warriors and trying to figure out, like, what we're doing. I'm going to tell you this, though. They win a championship. We win another championship. I think he just go, man, whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> like, let's just spin this bread and keep it going. Because you're going to make that money back. You're going to make it up. But uh, I don't think Draymond going to be back, man. So we'll see. We'll see. Will I be surprised? I won't say I'll be surprised. But considering the money, the antics, ah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, let's get into the playoffs, man. Uh, we're going to go and we're going to talk about the East right now. We'll talk about the Nets versus Philly first. Uh, Philly has swept the Nets four games to zero. It's all over with. Um, I, and I just want to talk about the Nets a little bit. I know they already eliminated, but, man, shout out to Coach Jacques Vaughn. Really had this team playing and hustling um, despite not having KD and Kyrie for the second half of the season, man. And this team could have easily folded and ended up in the play-in. They could have free-falled all the way. I, I don't think they would have not made the play-in, but they could have free-fell all the way to the ninth or 10th spot, but stayed in the sixth spot, man, and was just able to grind it out. Um, and I'm not even going to sit here and say that the teams below them in the play-in were worse than them because it was probably some better teams down there. But between Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson's additions, man, Doran Finney-Smith, Finney um, and just Claxton, like, being a force down low when it comes to the defensive end. Uh, they they show some heart, man. They show some guts. It's a young team. They got a lot of things to build off of. We saw Mikael Bridges emerge as, like, the primary option on the Nets, and that was telling um, just knowing that, you know, his role on the Suns, but it really showed how much potential he really has and – uh, how much of a bright future that he has. Also, Cam Johnson, too. Uh, there was a reason he started to – he was starting over Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder wanted to get out of there. He show, he's showing promise, too, man. That's a one-two punch um, that kind of held the Nets up. And they have a lot of pieces going forward to, to get a superstar, uh, to – Make some noise. They got a lot of draft. They got draft picks back. They got a lot of uh, capital to move over the summer um, to try to get some winning pieces in there to help them, like, be some type of a force in the East. Uh, ben Simmons' contract is still out there that they can dangle if somebody's willing to take it. Um, he's the only max player, if I'm not mistaken, on the squad. Um, Mikael Bridges, I think, got a big contract because he had an extension. Um, if I'm not mistaken, before he left the Nets. But other than that, um, not really big contracts. Uh, it, we saw Dame at, like, game three. I don't know if that's something or nothing. I think it's something. <laughs> uh, and it was the one in – it was a game in Brooklyn. 
it, if he was there for Philly, he would have went to Philly. But he was in Brooklyn. Then there was a video that was surfacing on Twitter. I saw him and Mikael Bridges somewhere. I don't know if they were at a party, but they were together. Uh, yeah, so I think it's something, but we'll see. Uh, as far as the, the, the 76ers going forward, man, first of all, uh, Tyrese Maxey really saved their ass a lot of games um, and a couple of games that they had in the series. Um, James Harden, on and off, man, and I don't know if this if playoff James, which is not regular season James, if that's the James that they got, I don't know how far they're getting. Uh, Tobias Harris was hooping, though. He, he showed up. But, man, look, the biggest storyline coming out of this series is Joel Embiid. He's hurt. That knee's hurt. And Doc said the timetable may be more than just one game. Uh, we know he missed the last game, which I told, you know, my boys that, man, the net, the Philly didn't need Joel to beat the Nets um, at all in this series at all. Um, if Atlanta can drag this out against Boston, then that'll be even better for Philly and Joel considering the injury. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward. But, man, like, it's crazy how you can almost guarantee that MB will be hurt at least one game out of a series or within the series. It's just wild. Um, man. So moving forward, let's go to Miami and the Bucks. Um entirely different series now. Uh was first game? First game, if I'm not mistaken. Giannis got a back contusion, so a bruise on his back. Tyler Hero broke his hand, and then just last night, Victor Oladipo went down with a torn uh, a torn tendon. I forgot the name of the tendon. I don't want to say patella because that's probably wrong, but I think it starts with a P. Torn tendon in his left knee. He's out for the remainder of the season. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's an entirely different series, man. Like, uh. What you call them? Miami leads the series two one. Came out, beat the Bucks when Giannis went down. Get blew out, and game two. Uh, and then last night the Bucks get blew out. So I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I've seen arguments about what's the bigger injury is it Giannis or Tyler Hero? It's definitely the biggest injury is the Heat. They're the bigger disadvantage but because Tyler Hero's out. He's not, he's not going to play the rest of this series at all. And that's huge for them because he's their second best scorer on the team. Sometimes first best scorer. Uh, so that's huge for them. Uh, there's no question. Giannis being out of the fold, Milwaukee is still a good team. They can still beat Miami. Can Miami beat? Uh the Bucks without Giannis, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Uh, Bam is very inconsistent. Jimmy is the only one that is consistently playing and hoping and showing up consistently. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Giannis been out the last two games, um, and the last two games have been blowout. Um, 
it's crazy because the second game, it, it the the Bucks could miss. They hit 25 threes, and Miami just couldn't recover. And then on the flip side, uh, in game three, while the Bucks weren't terrible, they weren't terrible on offense, but their defense just stunk it up. And Miami outscored them and <laughs> allowed uh, Miami's bench uh, to just go crazy, too. Um, Jimmy Butler went down in game three. He's got a bruise on his back, but it don't look like it's going to be something that's going to keep him out of games. And um, I just talked about Victor Oladipo. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, after coming back, man, from a brutal injury on his knee already, uh, it, it was very – the air got sucked out of the building, as they say, when he went down. So uh, just prayers up for Victor Oladipo. Um, I'm still expecting the Bucks to win, even though Miami leads the series 2-1. to one. I'm not expecting Giannis to be out for the rest of the series. Uh, I personally think back – I think he's going to play tomorrow because uh, they play – do they play tomorrow? Yeah, they play again tomorrow. So, if not tomorrow, I think Giannis will be back game five. So, we'll see. But I, I do think the Bucks can beat the Heat without Giannis. I really do. And I think the if the Bucks keep winning, if the Bucks win game four, then Giannis might – if Giannis doesn't play game four and the Bucks win – he might not play game five. But if they lose game five, then he probably play game six. That's what I'm thinking. But we'll see. He could come back tomorrow. But Giannis is like, he's bounced back from, from plenty of injuries really quick. So I think that this might be the case too. Um, let's go to the Knicks and the Cavs who had a game tonight. Uh, right now, listen, <laughs> it's crazy because I said the Knicks in seven. That was my prediction. All right, I said the Knicks in seven. There's no world that we live in that I would have said the Knicks would be up 3-1 right now. No world. There's no world that I would have said that they held Donovan Mitchell to two points in the second half uh, in game four. No world. Um, Look at this. Donovan Mitchell had 11 points today. 11 points. That's crazy. 11.6 turnovers. He was a minus eight. Uh, they inserted Karis LeVert into the starting lineup. I just think Karis LeVert thinks it's his team now, which is <laughs> just super funny. Uh, he just tossed up shots. Darius Garland could not get it going this past uh, in game four and uh, in the first half at all. Um, and I said earlier that the Knicks – uh, held them to 79 points, which speaks uh, of the griminess that I was saying from the defense of New York, and which is why I picked them to win this series, man. In game three, they had 28, 28 points off turnovers to Cleveland's eight. Um, and to me, there's two big storylines that's coming out of this series for the Cavs right now is, one, can Donovan Mitchell lead a team? Can he be the primary guy, the number one guy, on a winning team um, and then make it to the promised land. He didn't, wasn't able to do it in Utah. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in Cleveland. And the second storyline for me is Mobley and Allen have to play better, man. They have to be a threat. Uh, I mean, you look at today, they getting their ass out rebounded. Mitchell Robinson grabbing 11 boards. It's a collective effort on the boards for them from the Knicks. 
Uh, Obi Toppin, eight. Hardenstein with eight. Josh Hart got seven. He had 10 rebounds in game three, if I'm not mistaken. Mitchell Robinson had 11. And then you go to the Cavs. Nobody's in fucking double-digit rebounds. They getting their ass handed to them on rebounds. Uh, Evan Moby, 12.7 rebounds. Jared Allen, 14 points, four rebounds. Like, they're not Jared Allen with no blocks. Mobley had two, but, like, they're minus 11 when Jared Allen's on the floor. Like, come on, man. Like, the big, they have to play better. They have to play better. And if they can't, they're going to have to sacrifice one of these bigs to get some more pieces for this bench because the, the Cavs bench is ass. They're not deep at all. Um I almost want to say you need to play Robin Lopez a little bit f- to, for some toughness, dude. Like, D- Dean Wade is getting no tick. Isaac Okoro and Seti Osman. Uh, Seti Osman is probably the best bench player right now. Isaac Okoro not really giving you shit. Like, it's just, it's tough out here, man. And like I said, the Knicks are just a lot deeper. They're a lot deeper. You take a look at today's game. Jalen Brunson had 29, R.J. Barry had 26, and R.J. woke up last game, and, like, now he's hooping, and that's crazy because it's not crazy. They're at home, so you expected him to cook a little bit. Um, but Josh Hart, man, is just grimy. He got the starting nine today, um, I think, because Quinn Grimes uh, uh, didn't, didn't play today, so Josh Hart got the starting nine. But he had 19 and 7, dude. Like, and this is all – with Julius Randle only scoring seven points and not playing a lick in the fourth quarter. Not playing a lick in the fourth quarter. And all Julius got to do is stop shelling for jump shots, man. He stops selling for jump shots and get to the hole and attack the basket, then the Knicks will, will be even better. But I think this series is over. I'm not going to lie. I don't see Cleveland running off four straight. Um, when you down 3-1, like, nobody wins. Nobody comes back from that. Um, so it just sucks for Cleveland, man, because they're such a good team. Um, but the, this four or five matchup I said was going to be close because they're damn near the same team. But it's the Knicks, and that's what we all were thinking. But they're much deeper, dude. And I think Tibbs is just out coaching um, JB Bickerstaff right now. And that's what it boils down to. So we'll see what these next couple games uh talking about. I'm expecting the Cavs to win the next game because I think they go back home. Uh, but then it's over with in game six, uh, If uh, to be honest. I think it's over with in game six. Um, in my notes, this was before the game today. I still thought it was going seven. De- this shit definitely ain't going seven after uh, today, for sure. <laughs> definitely not. Um, last, last up before we go to the break, um, Boston and Atlanta are playing currently right now. Um, they are Boston is up 19 to 11 with five minutes to go in the first. Uh, Boston is leading the series 2-1. Uh, they've had a command in the series up until game three um, when Atlanta got back home. And, of course, you you expect the, the home team to win the first game back after losing two straight. Um, it's just how it goes. Um, Atlanta started shooting the lights out. Trey and D. Murray combined for 57. Um, and the Hawks had 34 points in the paint. Um, it really beat up Boston on the boards in game three. Yeah, in game three. Um, I expected a sweep, but I also said that Boston will give you one game, and this 
Game three was the one game that I think that Boston will give up. I think they're going to win tonight. Then I think they'll win in Boston. It'll be done. Nice little gentleman sweep. Um, I think that game three, they were just playing with their food for the most part. Um, but me personally, I still think there's some friction between Trey and whoever you want to pick in Atlanta, the organization, whatever. Um, it's been said that Quinn Snyder and Trey, like, are getting along. Um, but I, I just don't think going forward, like, Trey is going to be the person for Atlanta to, like, be their guy. And I don't think Atlanta thrives with Trey Young being the number one option and being the leader, quote, unquote, of your team, the superstar. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. So we'll see where the Trey Young saga leads us and if it continues uh i'll have some more about trey on the other side of the break but yeah let's break it up real quick we'll be back i'll be back we'll be back otb will be back all right all right i'm back from the other side of the break um i told you i'll have a little bit more on trey so the athletic recently took a nba uh a survey according to nba players on who was the most overrated in the league. Uh, Trey Young, I won't say won it by a mile, but he he the, he was voted the most overrated. Um, and so I talked about Trey and the friction in Atlanta and uh, rumors circulating. Rumors now are circulating that Trey could be possibly going to L.A. Um, if the Hawks don't make any moves over the summer. Y'all know I don't care for Trey Young. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's a good number one option. Uh, he probably be a good number two option. Uh, and Trey's not a bad basketball player. I just don't know if he's that type of guy. I think that kind of remains to be seen. Um, he's not young in the league, but he is young in the league. So maybe that maturity just comes with time. But. I don't even want to say I think he's overrated. I don't know if that's fair to say from my perspective. Uh, I thought John Wall was very overrated back in the day. Uh, and if you know me, you know that I mean that. Uh, so I don't have the disdain that I have for John Wall for Trey Young. Um, but I don't I just, I guess, I mean, I have to agree that these, these are players in the league that have said this. Um, and voted him overrated. But to continue my thoughts of what I said about Boston Atlanta series, like I just don't think that he's just the leader of the team. Um, and I don't think you're going to be able to go anywhere with him being the best player on your team. Um, uh, I know we get a lot of comparisons to Steph, uh, but Steph's stronger more locked in on the defensive end. Uh, I think he takes better shots off the dribble. I think he moves better without the ball. Uh, so a lot of comparisons, but I don't know if you can necessarily build like an offense around Trey like you like it has been done with Steph. Um, so yeah, I guess it remains to be seen in how that looks, um, and if the Lakers do actually pursue Trey in the off season. Um, I don't know if that's the answer for the Lakers. I really don't. Uh, 
and I'll talk about them in a little bit, but I don't I don't think Trey Young is gonna be the answer, especially after LeBron leaves. Then you have who? A D and Trey Young. I don't know if that's I don't know. I don't know. But uh moving forward, man, I talked a little earlier about Draymond and whether I thought he was coming back to the Warriors or not. Uh, and I said no, and part of the reason is it's because of this. Um, it looks like this is reported by Woj. Clay Thompson reportedly is expecting a max level contract extension. Um, max level means within the vicinity, not necessarily the max. Do I think Clay deserves the ma- a max level extension? I don't think I would say that he deserves a max level extension. Does he deserve somewhere around that vicinity, close to that? Um, five to $10 million off, maybe. Yeah, I can say that. Uh, he's still a solid option for the Warriors as a number two or three uh, when it comes to scoring. Uh, today, I think he had, I think, what, Steph had... If we look today, my bad. Yeah, Clay had 26. Steph had 32. You know, um, I don't think Jordan Poole is. <laughs> I see a lot of people say Jordan Poole's a bad basketball player, dude. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I know how much he he frustrates me. I know how much he frustrates me, so I'm not going to say the man's a bad basketball player, but I am going to say he pisses me off. Uh, so I don't know if having him as your, like, clay replacement is ideal. Uh, so I am going to say that, like I said, clay deserves somewhere around those that money, um, which affects Draymond because – Sure, the Warriors don't want to pay all that. So it's going to be interesting what the Warriors do, man. I think it all depends on how far they go. Um, and going into the Warriors versus King series, we now know it's tied up 2-2 uh, with the Warriors win after today. Um, man, it's, it, it's, it was looking scary for us at first. It's still looking scary because these games are close. Uh, but I will say this right up front, man, the Kings are legit. And they're not to be taken lightly. D Fox is a fucking superstar. He is a superstar, and we are witnessing the beginning of his story. And if you are unclear about the Kings, they will have way more national televised games next year than what they did this year. But and I know if you, I know some of my friends they hate the saying like, if you haven't seen this team this year, if you don't watch da 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 da, first of all, get your league pass so you can watch every fucking team um, at least a couple times in the season. But um, Darren Fox is a superstar, man. There's clear cut, no debate. It is very clear that the Kings are here. All right. They did not get that number two seed in the West for no reason. Um, a very fast ass team, man. And I was just saying today, uh, to JJ and Jaron that, and Jaron said at first, he was like, man, it's like playing the old warriors. And I'm like, man, I told some of my other friends, it's like, it's like paying, playing the past us, and that's why they're giving us so many fucking problems. Like, they're so fast. They execute well. They have a star player that is just clutch and is not afraid to take shots. They have a playmaker, playmaking big and Sabonis. 
uh, while Draymond didn't score like him back in the day, maybe he did score. Well, I think Sabonis averaging like uh, I think Sabonis is averaging. He not averaging like a dub or nothing like that. Um, so to be averaging, I'm sorry. I just want. I don't want to speak out of turn to say like he's averaging. Um, yeah, Sabonis averaging like 16 in the series. Uh, I would say Draymond will be averaging like 11, 12, anywhere between 10 and 15. Back, back, back in the day. Um, so man, like you got a playmaking big. You got um. You got a go-to guy, like in De'Aaron Fox is what you had in Steph Curry. You got Malik Monk who can give you buckets, like Clay could give you buckets back in the day. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got a Harrison Barnes and what Harrison Barnes was. <laughs> like, so Keegan Murray, like, who showed his ass today, like, and was hooping. So, man, it is very much so, like, playing the past Warriors and – Mike Brown being with them for the last six years, it is no mistake. Um, they got us out there looking really fucking old sometimes, man. And with getting up and down the court, Mike Brown got them boys playing like a uh, damn. I forgot the school in Coach Carter, but he definitely got them playing in Coach Carter, getting their ass up and down the court, man. And when they play at that fast pace, like man. And then our mental mistakes on the Warriors side, the mental mistakes that we have and just turnovers, man, like it kills us every time because they capitalize on it. So um, I don't think we played bad the first two games in Sacramento. Uh, I really don't. I just think our execution, like we had a chance to win the game, the first game, um, and blew it. And then the second game, like just got away from us. But, man, I don't think we played bad. Of course, we play better at home, but we got to get over that shit, man, because we, we have to win one game in Sacramento for us to lock up this series. And I personally think the game that we have to win, I said this is a must-win game because we couldn't go down 3-1, but we have another must-win game in game five, man. We have to win that game. We have to take that game in Sacramento. And not even from a I don't think we can win in a seven-game series against them, Um in the, in the seven games, like, at Sacramento. I'm not saying I don't think we can win that. But if we win this game, this next game in Sacramento, game five, and really put the pressure on them, it's really going to – it's going to put pressure on uh, Sacramento to win against us at home. It's just going to be so much easier for us. Um, but our championship pedigree is showing. We almost fumbled the game today. But our championship pedigree is showing, man. Um, another thing we got to clean up is when Steph is not in the game, man, I think we were like, I think now at that time we were a minus 25, um, before this game today, we were minus 25 and plus seven when Steph is on the minus 25 when Steph is off the court plus seven when he's on the court. And then today, I think the numbers were, uh, minus 12 and a plus six, if I'm not mistaken now. So, um, we got to clean that up when he's in the game, man, when he's off the court. Um, if we don't, man, it's just going to be trouble. I think it was a great move putting Draymond on uh, De'Aaron Fox in the third quarter this past, this game today. Um, it really affected him. I think he only had four points in the, in the third, uh, but he rubbed it in the fourth. Um, but if we can get some of that going, and I know GP2 is still sick, but he played a little bit today. Um, but if he can get healthy – and by the time we get back to Sacramento, it might bode well for us. But we have to put the clamps on him, and we have to expect 
people like Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, um, Sabonis, they're going to play better in Sacramento. Your role players always play better in Sacramento. Um, that home cooking always does better for them. So we have to expect that. And it's going to be hostile in Sacramento, man. So we, we can – we can put up. We can rattle four off. Like it don't. Like let's not get it twisted, man. We can rattle four games straight off. Um, is it going to be hard? Hell yeah, because this team is not. They're no slouches, man. They're really no slouches. So we're gonna have to get our shit together, man. I'm. Am I still rooting for us to win this series? Hell yeah. Like I'm not gonna fold on my squad at all. Um, but this is not going to be easy, and it's not going to be—it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be easy, and it ain't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. So, uh, just gotta take it one game at a time. Uh, that's that. Speaking of um, one game at a time, that's what Ant Man is the 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 message that he's trying to echo to everybody. Um, right now, Denver's up three zero. Ant-Man came out at the end of uh, last game and said it's not over. Like, don't think it's over. It's not over. Like, you just got to take it one game at a time. Uh, I got some news for you, Anthony Edwards. It's over. Uh, it's over. Uh, <laughs> it's very clear that Denver is the better team, man. Uh, while I do think the Wolves have the talent to match, they're just not a better team, if, if you understand what I'm saying. The Nuggets are just a better team, man. And... That's just that. Jamal Murray and MPJ are clicking. When MPJ get that ball, that bitch going up. Uh, Jamal Murray is um is 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 back. Damn near, he's back. Um, I was worried a little bit about Ant Man, um, but he dropped forty one in game two, thirty six in game three. Uh, I fell asleep on game two because I was over it. The Nuggets was busting their ass, but in the second half, him and Jamal Murray was going back and forth. Um, so that's dope. Um, so Ant Man seemed to be there. Cat. Cannot he's not aggressive, man. And um I was gonna talk about this in the Lakers and the Wolves, um, the Lakers and the Grizzlies series, but man, like you know what, I'll say this at the very end. Talk about aggressiveness. Let me put that on my notes. Um uh, but Cat is not aggressive, man. He has not been what the the Wolves need. He just hasn't. And uh, that sucks because he had a really good play-in. Cat, um, he had a really good play-in. And he looked like he would be able to just make some noise, man. And he has not – he's just not been that. And – I'm ready to say pack his ass up. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm ready to say pack his ass up. Uh, I just don't know. Maybe you give it one more year. But right now he's averaging 16, dude. 16 points. Ant-Man averaging 31. Like, Rudy's averaging 15. Like, Rudy's averaging 15 and Cat's averaging 16. They're a minus 10 when Cat's on the floor. Like, Cat got to be better. He got to be better. It's your max player we talk about, dog. One of your max players. He has to be better. And, like, the max player you just gave all the money to. Like, you know what I'm saying? He got to be better. He just has to be better. It's the playoffs. It's the fucking playoffs, man. You got to step up. 
you have to step up. Um, and the way the Nuggets are playing, man, the way Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. averaging a dub, Jamal Murray averaging twenty seven. Um, getting help from the role players, Bruce Brown, Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon. They are averaging double figures. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting help on all fronts. Denver is just the better team. And what this has allowed Jokic to do is just be in cruise control. He's not even – he don't even got to turn it on. And he averaging 20, 11, and 9 right now, almost averaging a triple-double within the series. But it's it has allowed him to just be on cruise control. Um, and it's just saving him for the next round. That's all Denver's doing, saving him for the next round um, against the Suns more than likely. So this shit should be over tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. It should be over um, unless unless the Wolves pull something out of their ass. Um, I mean, they at home. Ant might go for 60 or something. Hope maybe Cat has a better game. We'll see. But I'm expecting it to be over tonight because, uh, like I said, I just think Denver's the better team. Uh, so we'll see by the time this recording by the time this episode releases, it'll probably be over with, um, which will take me to the next series uh, because they'll play the winner of Minnesota and Denver. Uh, the Suns versus the Clippers. Right now, the Suns are up 3-1. Uh, main story right now, man, is Kawhi's knee. Uh, apparently, he hurt it with the, in the second game, finished the game. I think he had 31 that game. Um, and then he's been listed day-to-day ever since. He hasn't played in the game since game two. Um, that's tough, man. That's really tough uh, for the Clippers because no Paul George, no Kawhi. Um, and they would probably beat the Suns if they had Kawhi and Paul George because this Clippers team is just deeper. I don't want to say the coaching is better, but Tyloo's one hell of a coach, and I know I discredited him last season. Uh, Tyloo's a hell of a coach, man, and, like, you would think that, like, it would destroy the morale of the Clippers, like, with Kawhi going down. Uh, but once again, like I said, shout out to Ty Lue, man, and the whole team, especially, especially Russ, man. Uh, because without without Russ, and I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about, without Russell Westbrook right now, the Clippers will be dead in the water. And I know you're like, yeah, nigga, they down 3-1. Like, they down 1-3. Like, they're already dead in the water. Nah, I'm talking about they would be getting blown out. They would be getting blown out. They would not have a chance against the Suns, dude. And I don't care what no, 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 nobody say. Um, Russ has been the backbone, the backbone of uh, the Clippers, man, and just willing them and keeping them competitive, dude. Like, you, you can't ask for nothing else. You can't ask for nothing else. Russ right now is averaging 26, 7, and 7, man. 26, 7, and 7 in the series, dude. Like, what more can you ask for? This was a guy that we said was washed up, that people, I'm going to say we, that people, because we don't allow a wrestling to hear on OTB. There were people that were saying he was washed up. He was the reason the Lakers sucked, blah, blah, blah. But, man, it's very clear that fit, especially in Russ's case, holds true to everything, man. He's been a monster, not only on the offensive end, um, uh, but even on the defensive end. His competitiveness, his intensity, it's been carrying the Clippers, man. It's been carrying the Clippers. 
And like I said, they'd be dead in the water without Russ right now, man. Dead in the water. Um, on the other side of the ball, man, D-Book has been killing. He has become a two-way player. Um, it is damn near like he has become Mikael Bridges on defense. Not saying to that caliber, but like he's the best perimeter defender probably on the Suns right now. Um, Book is averaging 35, 4, and 5. Like playmaking, uh, deflections, steals, blocks. Same as Russ. Like he's matching the intensity. When Russ gets it going on offense, um, especially like he did last game, uh, Monty Williams put put Book on Russ to stop him. Like crazy. Crazy, 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 man. Um, but yeah, like it, the, those two like have been showing up and showing out. Chris Paul finally woke up last game, so that's good. Um, concerns going forward because we already know like the Suns should beat the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers will come back from three one. Um, but concerns for me for the Suns going forward is CP's consistency. Uh, I know he woke up last game. Um, but right now he's only averaging 13 points, uh, six rebounds and eight assists. He can be, he can be a better playmaker for sure. Um, but it's going to be times where he's going to need to be like, he's going to have to be a little bit more of an offensive threat. Um, because outside of the five starters, like nobody else is averaging double digits and these guys are playing Devin Book is playing 43 minutes. KD's playing 43 minutes. Uh, DA's playing 34 minutes. Chris Paul's playing 38 minutes. Tory Craig's playing 27. Um, and then next will be Josh Okogie with 17 minutes. Like, they, these starters are logging heavy minutes, man. Uh, so the more production that they can get from Chris Paul, like, you can mix him in with some bench players because their depth is like, it's just ass, man. Bismack Biombo is probably the best bench player. Um, him and Josh Okogie. But then you got Damian Lee, Landry Shamit. TJ Warren has got no tick. Terrence Ross, no tick. Ish Rainwhite, trash. Uh, so it's going to be telling, like, CP's consistency and, like, offensive aggressiveness. Um, and then DeAndre Aiden's offensive aggressiveness. He, this motherfucker think he hit Clem Elijah on or something. Like, man... You're seven feet, dog. Like, dunk the ball. Dunk the ball, please. The finesse game is nice. Soft touch. But, man, when you're around the rim, you got to let motherfuckers know, like, you're there and put it on somebody's head. Like, I, I can't. I, like I said, I'll talk aggressiveness right before we get up out of here. But, man, like, goddamn, DA. Like, come on. Like, it's, it was plenty of plays in the last game and in game three that I'm like, Dunk the ball. Like, dunk, dunk the ball. Put the ball in the basket with some force, like, you know? Um, and then the last thing, man, that, like, is not only is it the lack of depth and the extensive minutes, um, but also KD, the way he's being utilized, man. Like, what was the game? The, the game that the Clippers won, uh, I don't think KD touched the ball in the last, like, was it like six minutes or something? Well, he only got six touches in the fourth. It was either he didn't touch the ball in six minutes in the last six minutes of the fourth, or he only got six touches in the fourth in general. Like, yo, 
And then there's times when we see like him in the offense and he's in the corner like Mikael Bridges used to be. Like, yo, Monty, y'all, that's not Mikael Bridges. That's Kevin fucking Durant. Like, utilize him to the fullest of his potential on your offense. You have to figure out how to incorporate him in your offense um, to the point where he's... It's not like he's not a threat, but he just got to be incorporated into the offense more. And I know... The Suns are still trying to figure themselves out. They're still trying to figure it all out. They're still trying to figure it out um, because they haven't had a lot of games together with KD being injured. Um, but, and KD's still averaging 28 in the series. So, like, just going forward, man, it's going to be a different ball game with Denver. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be a different ball game with Denver. Denver, and you guys are not, you're not deep enough like for the Clippers, you still aren't deep enough, even and they don't have their best two players. Um, and they play with intensity, that's why they're hanging around and battling every game. But Denver is deep as well, Denver is deep, and they are they have their best players, so it's going to be a lot tougher. It's going to be a lot tougher. Um, so we'll see what that looks like going forward. Uh, for the Suns, um, last but not least, man. Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, right now. Uh, the Lakers lead the series two to one, two to one. Yeah, Lakers lead the series two to one. Um, <laughs> uh, ja went down once again, another injury. God damn. Ja went down with a hand injury in the first game. Didn't play this second game. Came back last night in the third game, dropped 45. Jaw's impressive, man. I, I can't. I would never say nothing bad about his on the on the on the floor on the court game. Um, John ja Morant on the court is just phenomenal. Um, you can't. He's a special talent, man. MVP caliber talent. Um, and right now he averaging thirty one and missed the whole game. And like he's averaging thirty one points in this series. So like. What can you do? Um, but he went down. Lakers fumbled game two because they, they let Memphis beat them. Um, and shout out to to Memphis for showing some heart. Um, Dylan Brooks, man, is a fucking cornball. Uh, <laughs> he's a fucking cornball. He just is a cornball. I really don't like that dude. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, he's a core ball, man. Lakers lost. Of course, he get to talk and talk about how LeBron old. He won't respect him until he dropped 40. Poking the bear. Um, one thing that I thought was telling last night is the announcers were saying that how Dylan Brooks made those comments and the rest of the Lakers, it was said the rest of the Lakers were like, okay, well, if he think that about LeBron, then what do he think about us? And they came out and they showed that. Holding the Grizzlies to... Nine first quarter points, lowest in NBA history. Crazy. Uh, Desmond Bain talking out the side of his ass after game one because Rui Hachimura dropped 29, 26, 29. Um, he said, oh, yeah, that was our plan. Like, let's just see if he could do it again. That was probably the best game of his life. Well, Rui handing it to y'all ass for sure. Um, third best leading scorer on the Lakers right now. Averaging 21.7 points. And AD only averaging 22. So he's right behind AD. But he's serving Memphis left and right. 
uh, Rui's dominating the series, getting to the spots, shooting, um, capitalizing off the space that Memphis is giving him. Um, and it was crazy. It's crazy because at one point, like, there was talks of, like, okay, if you want to get Kyrie over and over the summer, the Lakers, then you're going to have to sacrifice Rui Hachimura. Like, he wasn't, he was the first signing, like, not free, but first person that got traded to the Lakers. And people were like, oh, this isn't a needle mover, blah, blah, blah. But he's in the playoffs dogging Memphis right now. Um, so hopefully, you know, that potential just keeps flourishing, man. And he, like, he just goes up from there. Um, But the Grizzlies, man, I'm not saying I said I think I said this was going seven. I did go for the Lakers. I think last night they getting them they asked what was a product of I think they realized maybe they need to just shut up and play ball. Uh because that's what the Lakers did. Uh, uh LeBron just you poke the bear, he gonna get after it. Uh Ja last night though, I want to shout him out. Twenty two straight points in the fourth, man. He tried to bring he Put Memphis on the on his back and tried to bring him back. Um, and I've said this time and time again, man. Dylan Brooks, not Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain has to be the number two person. And he's not. He's not so far, man. Only averaging 19 points. They minus five when he's on the floor. And I don't dislike Desmond Bain. But I, I keep telling y'all, I don't know if he's is that. Comparable piece next to John Morant to be the number two. And some people will argue like, well, Jaron Jackson's the all-star. Like, Jaron Jackson is a really good big man. But he is not the superstar that John Morant needs to flank him for Memphis to take off. He's not. He's not. Just like Bam Adebayo is not the superstar that's next to Jimmy Butler that gets them to take off. He's just not. Just reality. Just is what it is. Are they stars? I don't know if Jaron Jackson is a star. I don't even know if Bam Adebayo is a star. They're really good big men. Really good big men. Really good players. But I don't think they're don't think they what they need to catapult those teams to the next like level. Or to complement a superstar. To be the second superstar. I don't I don't think so. So um those are my thoughts. Uh, Lakers up 2-1. They should be up 3-1. It should be up 3-0, if we being honest. Um, but it is what it is. Um, but like I said, I think last game was just a product of them talking too much. Uh, Josh Hand didn't look like an issue. Um, he shot better from three than he did from the, the field. Uh, so we'll see how that looks like, what that looks like going forward. Uh, but I don't think his hand will come into play uh, anymore. Uh, we know Dylan Brooks got ejected early yesterday for hitting LeBron in the, the baby makers. Um, we'll see, man. Like I said, I'm not saying that Memphis is just going to get their ass with the rest of the series and the Lakers going to rattle off two more and be done. Uh, I do still think this will go seven games because Memphis is just tough. And uh, the Lakers like to give away games, man, just like they did in game two. So I think that will bold. That will happen, um, especially especially with AD's lack of aggressiveness, man. He has to be fucking aggressive. Like, it, I know JJ, like, he hates that AD is not aggressive. He hates it so much. Um, and I do, too, because we all know AD is, can be an MVP of this league. 
um, when he's going, but I, he's just not aggressive sometimes, man. And he take yourself out of the game, and JJ has said that a bunch of times. Um, Austin Reeves is is doing his thing, probably more than what's expected. Um, but another person that's got to get it going on the Lakers, man, is D'Lo. D'Lo's got to get it going, man. He has to be more consistent. He's, he was fairly decent last game, but he stunk it up before that. Uh, so D'Angelo Russell has to be what the Lakers need. Um, and I thought his comments were telling when he was being re- interviewed after game two, I think it was. And he was saying, like, uh, the reporter was asking him, uh, what do you need to be to be a better point guard or something like that? And he was like, I'm not a point guard on this team. I'm a basketball player. Uh, so I was like, mm, that's a little weird, but you have to be like, you got to be that next dude up after LeBron and AD. Like Rui should not be that next dude up. Like you're the starting point guard, man. You got to make shit happen. And uh, yeah, yeah. He just, he, D-Lo's got to play better. They they need him. They need him to play better. Him and Anthony Davis have to step it up. LeBron has been LeBron. And uh I just wish LeBron would, like, just attack the basket a little bit more, man. I know you're old, but don't settle for jump shots, dog. Like, what has made you LeBron James has been attacking the basket. And that, like, oh, that you have shooters now where if you attack the basket more, it just it'll open up the floor for your shooters. You have decent shooters around you. So I think don't think of, like, the old Lakers where you didn't have shooting and you, you had to settle for jump shots and shit. Like, take the ball to the basket. These little these little dudes in Memphis right now, man, they like you're still LeBron James. So that's that. Um man, last thing, man. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. We have seen so many games, blowouts and shit, like within this first round, like really good games, then blowouts and blow. Bro, it's the playoffs. Show some fucking aggressiveness, guys, right from the jump. Let's act like we're playing for something. Let's act like we're in a knockdown, drag-out series with motherfuckers and give them your best effort. These are not regular season games. It was one of these games this past week where I was like, I told the bull, I told JJ and Jaren, I was like, man, yo, like, I'm turning this shit off. These are all regular season games today. Like, all blowouts. Like, we don't want that shit. We want to see competitive basketball. So, man, I know some of y'all already know like, you're not going to win the championship, but goddamn, at least, at least act like you want to make it to the semifinals. Like, be competitive. Have some pride. Like, we want to see aggressiveness. We want to see aggressiveness. Uh, man, until next time, y'all. Y'all know what time it is. Uh, get in the comments. Rate, like, subscribe. All of that good stuff. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days. With episode 43. Did I say it's been 43? It's actually 42. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days with episode 43 after that. Uh, but, man, until next time, y'all enjoy this basketball. Uh, watch these games. Support y'all team. Go Warriors. Let's go. <laughs>
at Off The Bench 24. We appreciate y'all. Until we check in next time, this has been Off The Bench. We out. <laughs>